Blog Talk Radio. a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. This is Jasbina, your host. I'm the founder of Intersections Match, the only national personalized matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on South Asian singles nationwide in the U.S. I'm very excited to once again welcome Marla Martinson to our show tonight. Welcome, Marla. Hi, Jasbina. As uh, many of you may remember, uh, Marla, from when she appeared on our radio show a couple years ago to discuss her previous books, Marla is a writer, fellow professional matchmaker, life coach, and speaker. And uh, Marla's most recent book is her memoir entitled Hearts on the Line, The Elusive Pursuit of Love in the City of Angels. Welcome again, Marla. Hey, thanks. It's great to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you on. As a professional dating coach and matchmaker, I'm fascinated by insights and perspectives regarding relationships. And as a fellow matchmaker, I absolutely love reading your books about being in the uh, matchmaking trenches. And I'm looking forward to discussing your experiences. So um, to begin with, Marla, what prompted you to write your um, this memoir in the first place? Well, this memoir, Hearts on the Line, is actually the sequel to Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, which was my first memoir. And uh, I wrote that because I'd written two dating advice books, and that was really fun and great, and I put a lot of information in there, but I really didn't have anything else to to share about dating So um, as far as rules and, you know, help goes. So I thought, yeah. what else can I write about? I just loved writing. And a friend of mine says, Marla, you should write your memoir because we're, we're a big fan of Chicklet memoir, uh, Jen Lancaster's memoirs and all that, and I, I just love memoir. And, and a friend of mine says, your life is so interesting uh, and funny. You just couldn't make it up. You should write a memoir. And so I started in on the next day writing diary and then people enjoyed that so much and they and they kept asking well what happened did you ever buy the house what happened with this what happened with that ah, so uh-huh. i thought okay well i'll write the sequel and uh there you go <laughs> wonderful well i have to admit you know i with diary as well i know we discussed it in the last show um um with diary i was thinking this and i said i'm going to ask you with the second memoir you um you wrote here have to admit as an insider the still the actions of gary the boss in your memoir both yeah. you know both memoirs are you know strikes me as incredibly misguided to make it like a huge understatement and i know from your memoir you know so i wanted to ask i'm sure our listeners who have read the first book and you know but how how true the characters are you know highly entertaining and at the same time incredibly disturbing you know depiction of, of how he conducted his matchmaking business. I mean, it's a memoir. How, how true to form is that? Um, it's, it's true. It's true. I took I took just a few liberties in, in you know, the writing um, to hide some 
you know, I didn't want I changed names and uh, a few things and combined things, but uh yeah, that that is true and I left a lot out actually. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. so maybe maybe a third member. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll but, get but, well, but okay. I could have I could have I could have really made it, you know, he was worse than what what how it was. Ah, well, okay. Well, then now this leads in. Okay, so let me ask you your this next. So from your experience, um, and it's it's varied. You know, it's having your own business. You know, working for others. From your experience, what are the most most common reasons that people you know seek the services of a matchmaker? What have you found in your experience? Well, mostly it's it's because uh, that well, mostly the men pay me. So I get a lot of the very uh, affluent men who are very busy. They own sometimes several companies. Maybe they travel a lot, and they just don't want it. Don't have time to sit on the internet or go out and meet people on their own, even though they could. Um, so they just kind of outsource it and hire me to do that for them. All right. Well, yeah, and then I and then some of the uh, late lately I've been getting a few women clients who are in their late thirties and they want to have kids. So they're they're and they're so busy that they're on a mission and they need help to find the right guy because they don't have much time left. Okay, so so okay, so you've got kind of two sort of um, most typical kind of prototype groups of groups of clients you serve. So okay, so right. that's really. Well, so now, so with respect to your male clients, then let's. Uh, what are some patterns that you see regarding what your male clients are looking for? Well, you probably have, might have, you know, experienced the same thing. I talk to a lot of matchmakers. I have matchmaker friends. Yeah. And we kind of collaborate, and and the most frustrating mm-hmm. thing is how visual the guys are. Um, okay. They, yeah, they just sometimes will not budge on what they are hoping or expect their match to look like and uh so which is a model <laughs> a lot of the time okay right starting to start pretty high okay so, so that gets to be probably the most uh challenging and that's why they pay a lot of money you know because it's you know I've got to search and and have recruiters and branch out and work with other matchmakers to to find it sometimes Absolutely. Now, what? Um, well, now it's, you, know, you have a, you know a second group of sort of prototype client in terms of the women, like the kind of late thirties, maybe now have kind of said, well, I'm not quite where I wanted to be at this point. So, um, what are some patterns you see regarding what those women are looking for? Yeah, you know, the women who come to me that want kids, they are pretty successful. I have a a woman who's who uh, uh, runs a hospital. And she's extremely busy. Another woman in finance, and another you know woman making a lot of money, and she's out there. So they really just kind of uh, was were working and never concentrated that hard on that area, and they're still yeah. working hard. So they don't. It's I'll match them up with people, and then they don't have time to meet them. And ah, <laughs> so sometimes okay. they'll say, "Gosh, I'm literally busy for three weeks," and then that guy might get involved with somebody else or, or lose interest, then I've got to find somebody else and they don't call them back. And, and here they've come to me with their hard-earned money and dreams, you know, of finding Mr. Wright right. and having a family, but then they really uh, have not, you know, made that a priority in some way still. Uh, so. Right. So there's sort of a limit to the outsourcing. You can certainly outsource, um, you know, it's in terms of, Finding, you know, those people, but then, you know, one has to really make the time to, uh, you know, to, to meet them and to um, explore relationships. So that that's interesting. Do you see any patterns in what those women are looking for with respect to uh, matches, or are they uh, kind of all them out? Well, they, they generally want a successful guy. As, as they'll tell me they want them as successful as they are. 
mm-hmm. at least uh, some of the women have supported guys before, and <laughs> they said they, ah, don't want to, okay. they don't want to do that again. Um, yeah. And you know, the, the the challenges with women are the the height factor. There's so many great guys out there, five nine and under, five eight, five seven. And it seems like, you know, from the caveman days, we're, we're, it's in our DNA where the women, the men want, you know, to seek health and fertility. Women look for protection. So they look yeah. for that tall, tall man, sometimes over six feet tall, with it, where the average American male is 5'9". So, so uh, that's something I try to get them to open up on and open up on the type that they, you know, maybe they think they have to have and just, open up a little and then when they see a picture it's they, they'll hire a matchmaker and and then you you have these great um selections for them but they want to see a picture and then they'll say well no and they'll say no a lot which the, is the men and women too and it's like you know you hired me if you want to pick people out of pictures you can go on match.com you got to trust me because people don't always look like their pictures you don't see the animation the personality it's just a one-dimensional shot in time and it's Sometimes people are just not photogenic. Absolutely. Now, I say that some people look better in their pictures, some people look better in person, but like you said, that's just so one-dimensional regardless um, in terms of just, you know, chemistry and and being able to really see how someone presents themselves and all of that. What are you know? I know I know I know all of us matchmakers do the feedback. Most of I mean I, I hope that we all do. In terms of the feedback, and you know I know you do with respect to the after the introduction and just getting feedback from both sides. What do you find as some of the most common, if any, sort of patterns or pieces of feedback that you get per post first date from the men that you um, that you're serving? Yeah, well, the most lately I haven't gotten it so much, but I used to get constantly uh the them telling me that the other person that their date all they did was talk about themselves. Mm, and it okay. was interesting because if both of them are telling me that, well, who was talking? <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> they, they both got that impression, so I would say, look, really uh work on your listening skills uh on a date. And and when somebody asks you uh, about your ex or why something didn't work out, don't go on for a half an hour about how terrible they are. Or so I think it's like using the using the date as their therapist. They sometimes feel they'll come away and they'll say, "Gosh, I felt like you know I was that person's therapist for the evening instead of their date." Ah, okay. Well, so now, and you had mentioned. So, what about women? Do you hear the same kind of things from yeah. Um, yeah, women from in terms of the feedback they get? Yeah. From both. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll have to, you know, sometimes coach them on that. I mean, that's like the negative aspect, and and sometimes that'll happen. But but uh, so that's where. And you'd think people would know that by now, you know, after all these books and and blogs and radio shows and stuff, we're telling them. Why? No, fall back into patterns. Well, I think fall back sort of fall back into patterns. Yeah. What? Well, so speaking of patterns and falling back, I know blind spots is a big thing for everybody, um, you know, and us included, but, you know, it's so much easier to see those blind spots sort of from the outside perspective. What are some of the most common, you know, blind spots that you see, let's talk about men first, that you see men having in dating, you know, whether it's from the feedback you get from women or just your own, you know, your own observations. What what are those blind spots that men that you need to bring to the men's attention more often than not? Uh, well, it was that, and I think just if they don't find a woman uh, physically attractive from the get go, they'll kind of uh, 
sometimes just kind of drop the ball and not even, yeah. or or maybe start talking about other women or something to get that woman to realize he's not interested. <laughs> okay. And, 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 yeah. and, you know, it's such a great opportunity to meet another person, to learn something. Maybe they're good for one of your friends. Maybe it's a good business opportunity. Maybe you're going to be friends with them or just have a fun evening. Instead, I think people sometimes put too much pressure on that date because they are out there looking for the right person. They do want to find their soulmate and settle down. So it's like everyone is so crucial. And before they're leaving, God, I hope this is the one. But in all likelihood, you know, there's a big chance that it's not going to be your next, you know, husband or wife so have a great time and have a great attitude about it and i think people put too much pressure on it i i absolutely agree and you know the the funny thing about that i thought is when you're having a great time chances are your date's gonna be having a great time and like you said even if this person is not going to be your guy or your woman actually in this case you know could be, you know, a great single friend in the city to have, you know, yeah. um, could introduce you to that person. What What about women? What are some of the most common blind spots, you know, you see your women having, um, or even the women who are matched with your men? What, what are some, you know, blind spots that you well, see there? Well, recently I had a gal who very, very successful herself, and mm-hmm. uh, she has a, a fear because her the way she was brought up was very poor, uh, had to immigrate from another country, and um, so she has a fear that that she will have to be the breadwinner, and that you know, fear of of not being able to live the lifestyle she wants, and and have to be back back like her parents were, uh, which is not going to happen. But but that's kind of ingrained. So she is so set on and making sure that the guy makes a certain amount of money and has a certain kind of job. And I matched her to someone who is successful, but he's taking time out now to go back to school and get another degree. Um, Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't meet him because he didn't have a job at that moment. And, and, you know, here we're in, in, you know, recession, financial times are different, difficult people are are making transitions. And so everybody's not going to have a job in every second. And and uh, she missed out on meeting a really great, wonderful, quality guy that would, you know, be a great husband and father, or just, mm-hmm. you know, even she wouldn't even meet him because of, he didn't have a job in that moment. So I think uh, women, I just see it a lot, especially in Southern California, where they they're set on a certain income level or they've got to have the certain status, and if they don't have it right in, at that moment, they won't even meet them. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think people miss out on some quick, great quality people that way. Awesome. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Well, you, you, opportunity. So now you had mentioned some, I, I, you know, already some to-dos or not-to-dos on a first date to some degree in terms of being a listener and, you know, not using it to just talk about yourself or, you know, to get, you know, therapy and that. Any other to-dos or not-to-dos that just jump out at you from your years of experience, you know, doing this? Um, uh, well, you know what? I talked the other night. I did a, a talk to a singles group, and I was talking about grooming. Um, you know, guys uh, showing up with scuffed, dirty shoes or dirty bitten nails, or you know, things like that. Uh, okay. Don't yeah. think. Of, you know, they might not think about because uh, you know they're a guy and they don't. Or cleaning the car. You know, car. I had a guy pick up a woman once with bird doo doo all over the car, and she op- he opens the door for, her and there's a straw in the seat. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> things like this and they're like yeah but you know you're talking about grooming but what about well and the only reason i bring that up is because to get to the sex somebody's going to judge you 
uh, by the littlest thing, you know, especially now when we've got you're meeting people through matchmakers and maybe online and you're going out and there's all these opportunities and people might not give you a second chance if there's, you know, for a small thing. So I always yeah. say, you know, get yeah. ready before the date. Make sure you look great and is your car clean and are you, you know, in a positive attitude and do you smell good and all that and go, go you know, kind of armed with your whole whole uh, bag of tricks there. <laughs> ah, yeah, I, you know what, I see, I mean, in terms of sort of a mentality is sort of ruling out rather than ruling in, you know, just kind of to, to kind of work through the numbers. So I definitely see that. Well, this is something that comes up a lot, I think, and I, I've spoken with, you know, other other matchmakers, everyone, you know, people have different ideas on this. I'd love to hear your opinion. What um, What do you think about women, whether they should or should not, send a thank you, you know, one of the, a thank you email or a thank you text um, to a guy after a first date. Um, oh, thank you. Ab- absolutely. You know what, Jasbina, absolutely. This, uh, so few women do this. And when okay. they do, I've had guys um, let me know the next day, oh, my gosh, she's, she's you know, she's sent me a, called me to thank me or sent me a text or an email, and he says nobody ever does that. And they just appreciate it here because the guy usually pays, and, and sometimes it's very expensive. And, and even if they're not going to see each other again, it's like they, they want to be appreciated because um, there's a lot of, enti- you know, sometimes entitlement that, oh, he should take me to an expensive dinner. And uh, the guys, sometimes they end up feeling a little bit taken advantage of that way, and they get tired, of, you know, of it and, and get frustrated because here they are spending, spending, spending to try to find the right person. And... uh it's just a little bit of appreciation goes a long way. Also, uh, uh, one time a woman uh, said she'd see a guy. She wasn't that interested. She wasn't going to see him again, but she said yes to another date because of one little thing that he did. He picked up her valet ticket. He paid her valet. Ah. And, she said, and she said, nobody has ever done that, and I was so impressed um, that, that, you know, I'm going to give him another chance. <laughs> Ah, very definitely, absolutely. Valet is just kind of taking the extra step for someone, and and uh, like you said, protector. For, you know, just kind of showing um, interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, some women are are having a difficult time, and they they it could be you know that eight dollars or whatever it could be for the valet could be you know a lot for them, and uh, so that really makes a big difference. Wonderful. Well, what um, I know that you we share the belief that attitude and mindset is you know, crucial and can be your best asset or, you know, or unfortunately can, you know, can be a, um, can bring you down in dating. So what, um, which attitudes or mindsets do you find, you know, serve your men and women the best while they're out there dating? Have you kind of noticed patterns and what attitudes you find just most successful out there? Yeah, you know, I, I had a guy once years ago and he had gone on over 100 dates uh, between matchmakers and online and uh, in a row, like just dating, dating, dating. And he'd only had about two um, uh, second dates out of that. And Ooh. he was so negative that when he'd get on the phone with a woman or on the date, he he would just sabotage it. He he was had no personality. He was negative. And I said, what, what are you doing? I said, why are you doing this? He says, well, it's not going to work out anyway. Uh, so, why, you know, why should I put any effort into it and i said whoa you need to take a break you know take yeah. a break from dating because he was just like da- duty dating like he's got to do it and and uh so so definitely 
uh, being just fresh and positive and having fun because I know it can, you know, when I was single and I was out there, sometimes I'd get so frustrated and say, oh, God, I don't want to date anymore. And then I'd say, okay, I'll just try it one more time because I did want to find somebody. But if you've got that negative attitude or or burned out or kind of frustrated um, or that feeling that, oh, all the good guys are taken or all the, you know, and, and it can, you know, it's, it can happen. We can get that mindset. So we do have to stay positive. And I think the best way is just to be happy with our lives. Get out there, join a new meetup group or, or try a new hobby or do something exciting. Uh, you know, get yourself back in shape or read some really great books. Just do some things that make you sparkle and you love your life. And then when you go out there, you're just going to be sharing, you know, your wonderful personality and attitude, and you'll be like a magnet for people who want to be around you. Absolutely. You know, just uh, if you're burnt out, just like I said, not go through the motions and take the time and, um, you know, wonderful. I love that. Um, what, well, what do you think is the biggest challenge that matchmakers face? What, what do you think, Gabe? Uh, well, what, for me and what all my matchmaker <laughs> uh, colleagues tell me is unrealistic yeah. expectations. You know, okay. from, that, from them, it's like, well, I'm paying you, so now you, you know, you're 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 a magician instead of a matchmaker. <laughs> you know, produce me George Clooney or or Heidi Klum, you know, with with a private jet or. What. So it's, I think it is unrealistic expectations and not realizing that you know you're looking for a person, qualities, characters, good character. We we hear, I watch all those, you know, I watch Nancy Grace and all these mysteries on TV, and you see. Uh, or just in the news, men uh, murdering their wives, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in an argument or for to get their life insurance or, you know, what it's just yeah. it's dangerous out there. There are people cheating on each other. A high percentage of of uh, people cheat, men cheat. I mean, it's just a fact. And you want, so you want to find somebody who is you're not going to have to get a divorce from or be beat up or killed or, or abused or, and you want to choose carefully. And yeah. and so you've got to look beyond the the height and the income and and all and the looks. I mean, of course, you want to be attracted to that person, but really just think about it. Think about the character and the personality of the person that you want to be with. Because as we get older, the looks will fade, and and you want to be a partner with with your husband or wife, and you want to work on things together and grow old together as a team. And um, so I think people kind of looking outside themselves for somebody to fix them or, or pay the bills or, or fix a, fill a hole or a need in them, loneliness, that's the pitfall. Those are the pitfalls of people when they're out there looking for a relationship kind of for the wrong reasons and not really thinking about what, what the most important qualities and, and reasons for getting into a relationship are. Absolutely, I love it. I always say, you know, being selective is great. That's what you should be. It's just be very, very vigilant about what you're being selective about. Like you said, it's you know, it's a half inch hair there versus like character traits and um, for the long haul. So, I very um, agree. Now, what um, what do you tend to use? Now, I'm curious, really, what do you tend to use as a basis for matching two people, and has that changed over the years for you? Um, you know, I'll just I get to know the person. I'll sit down with them and find out what they're looking for, their lifestyle and everything. So, um, and then I have you know quite a large database and and recruiters, and I'm always getting new people. So, so I just you know get the overall picture of what they're looking for, and then and then start presenting candidates. 
Um, but, but of course, with the men, it's always looks first. So first I have to find uh, a candidate that he's going to like the look of or he won't even be open to hearing the rest. So I, you know, do have to go that way. Uh, the women are a little more open, you know, of course. They, they, humor is big, you know, uh, powerful, successful, dynamic. Um, the, you know, they, the women do tend to look a little bit more for characteristics <laughs> first. And then, and then the rest, and then the men look for the looks first, and then the rest. Okay, okay. Well, what you know, um, one more question here. What if anything um, do you think has changed in you know whether dating, relationships, matchmaking over the over the years? Um, do well, you, have you seen change or tell me? Yeah, about I mean, I just I think it's um, there's more there are more and more dating sites, and I think the the thing that has changed that is maybe not so good are people that I've noticed it's they just kind of feel like it's a revolving door because there are so many it's like a kid in a candy store sometimes um you know that like if it's like next who else do you have who else do you have because there's there's so many singles out there on so many different sites and venues and and ways to meet even though they're honing in to find the one person sometimes people won't give one person a chance like you we were just saying they'll rule them out pretty quick because they think, well, we'll just on to the next. Instead of saying, wait a minute, you know, that one little thing, was that really that important? Could I see them for a second date? You know, so um, that's that's probably one of the yeah. changes that I've seen. Sure, sort of this perception of these unlimited possibilities that right. everyone has. I think it very much is somewhat of a myth. It's, uh, it's not quite unlimited for everyone. But, you know, Marla, I really appreciate you sharing your insights. Um, with us, and I'm wondering if there's any last thought, take-home message you'd like to leave our listeners with at all? Well, I always say there's a top for every pot, so don't give up and and, uh, think positive and love yourself. Excellent. Starting with loving yourself. Wonderful. Well, I'd love to um, thank Marla for joining us today, and once again, if you'd like to learn more about the insights that Marla's you know, been sharing with us today just her experiences, um, you know, matchmaking. And um, check out her memoir entitled Hearts on the Line, The Elusive Pursuit of Love in the City of Angels. And, Marla, do you have a um, a website for your book at all that you want to yeah, share? Yeah, it's my name, MarlaMartinson.com. So it's M-A-R-L-A-M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N.com. And everything's okay. on there. And my books are on, on Amazon. So I have four books. Wonderful, wonderful. And in case you joined us late and would like to share this show with people in your life, I'd like to remind you that today's show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. I can be reached at just being at intersectionsmatch.com. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, just being at intersectionsmatch.com. That's right. And I appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, do email me with topics you'd like discussed in future shows and. Make sure to uh, join us for next month's show. Um, Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.